0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm
0: Diamond Centers.
1: Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love.
0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: 0% interest financing, trade up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound
2: like Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Wow, that was really good
2: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network.
1: Jared, what are we listening to here? This is uh, Damien LaGrange. He's uh, a guy out of Red Deer.
2: It's
1: funky. Yeah, yeah. Cam, you're bopping. Very cool. Uh, Cam, right that song's, <laughs> the song's called uh Medicine. Medicine, Medicine by Damien
0: LaGrange.
4: Damien
1: LaGrange. Shout out, Medicine.
0: Damien. Cam, what do you think about this song? though?
1: little bit
5: funky. <laughs> little bit funky. Now I'm here. There
0: we go. I like when Cam doesn't have a mic.
5: No, you don't like it when I don't have a mic. Don't lie about that. You listen to this podcast exclusively for my content. I just enjoyed hearing Jared.
1: Speaking of this podcast, this is episode 26 of Oilers Nation Radio. And as always, we are brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant. Go ahead. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Again, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but I want to give another shout out to the fine folks at Sherwood Ford for what they pulled off this week, bringing a young man back to see Connor. Even though he was what was he sick the first time, Chris, yes, he was sick the first time they drove five hours, missed him, he came back. Sherwood Ford made it happen. Connor got the game winner for the young man, I'm guessing he had a very good time thoughts and then, and then Connor out. took
0: two days off, yeah, uh, shout Thanks out to elite. Kent, who is uh the father of Reed and Charlie, the two kids who made the signs and traveled with the kid with the family five hours. Uh, Kent is a hopefully a new fan of the podcast now. He reached out to us yesterday um and said he just heard about the podcast and heard that we are uh, shouting him and Sher Ford out. So he's uh he just passed along a thanks again for all the help um from Sherrod Ford and uh, for us promoting it. And uh, hopefully he's listening right now. Hopefully, Reed and Charlie are listening right now. Welcome, Kent
1: to the the listener base as well as Reed and Charlie. Hope you guys had a great time. Thanks again to Sherwood Ford for making that happen. That was really cool of all of you guys for the initiative, the execution and everything about it. It was pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome. So boys, we haven't had a episode since the trade deadline passed. That was on Monday.
4: There was a trade deadline.
1: We had the live blog set up at Oilers Nation. We were ready to go. We were all prepared to produce the content. And what happened, Dan?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Nothing for the Oilers. That's fair. It was, a, it was a big deadline, but not for the release. Uh, was it, though? I think so. Are you just buying into the hype that the networks want you to believe? <laughs> Probably. There's a lot that went down, and there's a lot of new storylines coming up. Uh, Columbus is making a huge push for the playoffs now with their but that happened before the deadline? Uh, leading up to it.
5: I think we can call all trades within a one-week radius of the trade deadline a deadline deal. Yes. I hope that
4: someday TSN goes live for seven days straight. Just waiting for trade deadline. yeah so and technically
5: always live. That's
1: fair. Do you think that deadline coverage is going to change based on the fact that nothing really happens on deadline day? Like, wouldn't they be better off doing this for the draft instead?
4: I agree. I don't think that they will change it, though, because Canadians do tune in. We're absolutely obsessed with,
1: yeah. with hockey. And- <laughs> I mean, we had it on here at the office. We were all watching it. Nothing's happening. We were all keeping an eye on it. A little bit boring.
5: You're just wait you're way better off just sitting there, put some like ambient music on the background, keep refreshing that Twitter page because they're gonna have it and it's not gonna be on TV for five minutes after it's on Twitter. They're How- just
0: gonna put Eklund back on the broadcast. However, TSN, I'll give them credit on free agent frenzy bringing an entertainment throughout the day they do little bits little bits james duffy tells some jokes i think that's what the prime minister on exactly they're gonna have to start doing that for trade deadline there's day so days.
5: much more content they could explore they don't like you could go into really old trades that were really good or really bad they could do that more and they can look at trade trees like remember we looked at the the mark messier one on oilers nation and how it now still live hinges on sam garnier it's still, still there so like go into that kind of content. Don't just sit there and talk about who's going to acquire Lee Stempniak for a fifth-round pick this year.
1: I think my favorite part about deadline day is always how the insiders leave their ringers on. Mhm. So they'll be live broadcasting, a text goes off, an email whatever, and you get to hear it.
4: And they're in the middle of like a they're like in the middle of doing their hit uh, talking to the camera and then all of a sudden their phone goes off and they just they just stop
0: talking. Yeah, and that's and your one walking. excuse to be on your phone during yeah. a live TV show. Yeah.
1: What was your opinion i'm gonna go around the horn here that the oilers did not do anything i'll start i said it on real life on monday i thought it was dumb that they did not trade assets like alex chase on sure you may want to retain him you could probably have brought him back in the summer though little little handshake deal chris say hey you go chase another cup my friend you come on back in july we'll talk
0: i think gretzky by not trading chase on and and cassian too will throw his name in there uh, that was him sending a message that they still want to make a playoff push and they don't want to give him away just for picks. Just like they're not giving up on the year. And I think he was sending a message in his confidence to the team and to the fans.
3: I wasn't horribly upset by what was done. Uh, I know a lot of people are like losing their mind of seeing guys out there. You didn't trade Chase on. This is a failure. As like say, so a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick you're going to get back is a failure. Like, I think everyone's got to calm down a bit here. I know you probably could have moved Cassian or Benning. You would have uh, probably got picks out of it. I think what's better, though, is to try and move them for actual players, and that's not going to be a trade you can do at the deadline. That's going to be something you can do in the summer around the draft time. Uh, that's what I'm kind of assuming was for most guys, is that they're coming out with really, really low-end draft picks because you really don't want to give us any type of asset for some guy who's going to be there for a short period of time and may or may not actually help you we did not actually have that many valuable pieces to move so yeah maybe you hold on to them and you try and turn them into something bigger and better come the draft day otherwise i really didn't expect much to happen at all
4: but i think it's fair for Euler fans to have wanted to see action happen they want to see this uh rebuild 3.456 uh start off quickly and I, I just don't think it's realistic and and those kind of trades will happen more in the off season and
1: I can can understand why they kept Chieson. He's actually a contributing member of the hockey team, but I don't understand this. Oh, well, we didn't want to just give Alex Petrovic away, even though they could have got a whatever for him. He's not even playing. He's not even the roster last night.
4: The guy that they traded for Petrovic, Chris Weidman. The throw-in. Got dealt for uh,
5: Sebastian Day, was it? It was a a third-string goalie. So much akin to what the Oilers acquired for Cam Talbot.
4: Yeah. Fair enough.
5: Hey, on the bright side, Anthony Stolarz did make his
1: first appearance of 30 minutes or more. <laughs> Nine more to go. Yeah. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs on, what was that, Wednesday? Wednesday. And it he went only allowed two goals. It went very
5: well. Cam? Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> do you want to you pivot and talk about the, uh, the trip to Ontario now or do we want to? No. What do you got about the trade deadline? What, are, what uh, were your thoughts? I'm, you were doing NHL numbers.
1: You were doing your thing. You were knocking out the content. What was your overall impression?
5: I was quite happy they didn't choose to buy. I know one thing. I we were kind of skeptical of when when they fired Peter Chiarelli. I think we were all very excited because we were terrified at the potential damage he could have done at the deadline. Like Lord knows what he would trade the first round pick for. Like that would have been that would have been pretty pretty scary to see unfold. But then when they brought in Keith Gretzky, Bob Nicholson. Was still kind of saying, like, oh, like, we're right in the mix. Like, maybe we'll consider buying. And everybody was like, oh, God, no. Please don't trade the first round pick. Please don't trade, like, Evan Bouchard or anything like that. And they didn't. So I think that's a win, personally. Honestly, I'm not upset at standing pat. I think just keeping everything as is is kind of their version of internal buying. So it's like, I don't know. Let the team be somewhat competitive for the rest of the year. Try to make that last playoff spot, I guess. Just. I mean, who cares about fifth and sixth round picks? They don't mean anything.
3: When they're talking about buying, though, I don't think they meant to like a a rental kind of like what goes on right now. When they're talking about buying, they're looking at a guy with two, three, four years of term left who could actually help you. Uh, I would have, I would have called Ottawa and try and seen what it was gonna it was gonna take for us to try and get Mark Stone over here. I think that was the type of that was the type of deal you could make a move on. I would have used our first round pick this year because with a guy like Mark Stone, I think he could help out and. Produce a couple extra points for the team and take us from a lottery pick to something maybe around pick ten or twelve. And if all of a sudden you're using pick ten or twelve along with next year's pick for and you're bringing in a Mark Stone, I think it's fine. I don't think if you bring Mark Stone in, we're going to still be a lottery pick. But
4: he so, the the deal he signed with Vegas simultaneously was yeah huge obviously you had obviously yeah, you
3: had to find room for the, for the cash and maybe you know I would said hey Mark let's do this. It's going to take me a couple of months to, to try and figure out our cap issues, but we'll get you down on a piece of paper right now. That is what's going to happen. Let me figure out this shit first, and then we'll get to that. But when they were talking about buying, that's what I think they they were. They were never were going to uh, go for a, an actual rental.
5: They never came through with my prediction that I made last week, which was Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, didn't he did happen. say Tyler Toffoli. I, I, I
4: like thought that, it was going to happen. I like that Gretzky just stood pat. He's I hope. He's probably not going to be the... uh the next GM of the Evans Northers, So leave that to the, to the next GM to try
0: and make his moves.
1: I mean, he could be though.
0: He could be. Well, I wonder if him prepared for it, if him coming out and he was being pretty, pretty wise to come out and say that he doesn't want to trade these players off for draft picks and it's not worth it. And Zach Cassian is a valuable asset, like a rare asset to our team. I wonder if he's, he's Mm -hmm. obviously showing patience and smart. So maybe he's lobbying for that position. Like, for the Oilers just to hire him as GM.
5: Speaking of new GM, so John Shannon came out and he said the Oilers are now in phase three of their search for GM and phase three involves going out and asking (laughs) rival executives about the people they're interviewing, which to me sounds really, really weird. Because phase four includes mean? the HMV. It's
1: it's basically like assuming that the other teams want to help the Oilers in this scenario. Well, they At want what, what they I want. What it. they
5: want is for the Oilers to have another GM, much like the last one they had, because that GM sure. did wonders for other teams around the league.
1: Well, I was just going to say, like, I'm sure the other teams are probably recommending that they rehire Peter Shirelli because he's still under contract. He's like, Bob, you're already paying the guy. Like, why don't you just bring him back? He took a timeout, got rid of him in January. Why not? Why not? It's like we talked about bringing uh, Todd McClellan back last week. We talked about it. he's already paid. Why not? Just come, come on back, Todd. Bring your suits. Bring your haircut. Come on in.
0: No. Uh, yeah. No. That's <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> You're not going to win me over <laughs> on that one.
1: Well, what do you think about this idea that Bob Nicholson is going to be representing the Oilers at the GM meetings and he's going to ask his peers for advice? What do you think about that?
4: It's a very, it's a very Oilers current regime thing to do. Uh, you know, I, asking asking the people have a that have a vested interest in you not hiring the right guy to hire the right guy is is pretty wild.
1: It's like asking an arsonist if you think if he thinks he should burn your house down. It's like it doesn't make any sense. Of course, we've got Wanye sitting in on the corner. He's got an opinion. He's got a take. Wanye.
5: Coombsie, tell me no one's really saying Nicholson's going to these meetings to ask for help, is he? You know, that's exactly what's happening. This this is, is, someone said this. This is the, this is the next phase of Evan, is Eminem. Is this orism. like a Coombsie fable, or is this like legitimately was, reality? When do I ever make anything up? That was John Shannon last <laughs> night. If I'm like in a street
4: gang,
3: say I'm in like the M13s, the cool one down in Mexico... And there's a war, and we're losing. And I like go to all the other street gangs, and I'm like, "Hey, how do you think how I'm running my street gang? Am I doing a good job in the ganging game? Why the hell would anybody who's competing with you help you?" This reminds me of the time they made the DVD for Danny Heatley, which I'd love to see. Come on, boys, have a little bit more self respect than that, for God's sakes. Good radio show or podcast, rather.
5: This is a this is so the epitome of why I don't really like Bob Nicholson in this role because what this reeks to me of. Is his his hockey Canada background where everyone's like he knows all about winning? But back then it was like, oh, I'm putting like the most difficult decision is whether I'm going to have like Claude Giroux or Taylor Hall on my fucking taxi squad. Devil's
3: advocate over here. Um, in a lot of industries, they're going to produce, they're going to pump up their tires of their of their other guys. Like I know in football, you'll give your assistant coaches a chance to go and head coach somewhere else. Um, what if you're uh, an organization with a lot of guys uh, running down your pipeline? But there's nowhere for them to get to the top. They're like, honestly, we have this guy here. He's assistant to the whoever. And I think he'd be really good. But he's not going to make it in in, in our organization because you can't get there. Like We have so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so in and front of him. That's where I think they're going. Or he just brought this up. To shut up everybody on Twitter because no one thinks they're actually doing the uh, proper search. So he's like, look, we're in stage three. There's three stage. there's five stages. We're in stage but three. He, of but it. he also
5: said last week they hadn't started this search. So how are they in phase three
3: a week later? Maybe the first two are really quick.
0: You know what? There's gotta be a point where other GMs in the league just feel bad for us and and truly wanna do their part to help there's us. There's no get way out of the stink. I think so. So here's my thing. Phase one was telling people that they hadn't started
4: the search yet. Yes. Phase two was coming up with what they were going to say. Phase three is,
5: and now we're in phase three. <laughs> with there you plan. go. Yep. Done. There's there's no way any any GM in the league is going to do favors to the team that has already been like won for draft lotteries, and it's probably going to win this year too because you know.
4: <laughs> I hear what Rick is saying though. Like there is there is a certain amount of like professionalism around, and and you know if there's a if there's a an equipment manager that's had some really good trade ideas, and, and they just don't feel like they can promote
5: him to an AGM position. Maybe they suggest them to the Oilers. Maybe there's some really good posters on HF boards <laughs> that uh, people have seen. They're like, maybe this guy could have a chance. Perhaps the GM. Oilers
1: have a broadcaster right in their own <laughs> backyard <laughs> no. who is due for a chance to run the team because he's got hot takes and ideas and has for 100 years. Maybe he
4: just, he just needs a chance,
1: just needs a chance, you know? He just needs a chance. Oh no bag I, milk. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Get Sauce for helping us make this all possible. Go check them out at getsauce.com. You can go visit them at 9620, 58th Avenue. Or if you want to use your mobile cell phone device, you can give them a call at 780-462-2418. They would be happy to improve the feelings in your mouth. That's what they do. That's what they do. You like tasting things and they like improving that
5: No feelings phase three of buying hot sauce is uh get sauce <laughs> will go and ask all their other hot sauce competitors which the best hot sauces are to buy <laughs>
1: then they, they go over to frank's red hot and they're just like hey what's what's doing over here boys which
4: one got any advice which
5: one would you say is our best flavor who Frank? who hey frank's red hot hot sauce who would you recommend to customers that we should that that they should buy for their hot sauce would it be us or would it be, you? Would it be something else i don't know Uh, A little bit earlier, I talked about the
1: Oilers going through their Ontario road trip. They had a back-to-back set against the Leafs and then the Senators last night. First period against the Leafs, boys, I thought it was going well. I thought the boys were playing well. First 17 minutes. And then things kind of... The milk went bad, as they say, Dan. Six minutes of absolute horror and the Leafs were up 6-1, Coombe. As our resident Toronto guy...
5: (laughs) What did you have to think about the way the Oilers played in Toronto? I think it, it showed like the fundamental problem of what the Oilers became. I think the Leafs and Oilers were in a pretty similar spot in 2015. They were both, I don't, I don't know if the Oilers were advertently tanking for McDavid like the Leafs were, but they've kind of both, you know, started their, that the Leafs started their rebuild one that time. I mentioned sort of rebuild three at that time. And we thought by 2019, these were going to be like the two teams in the league, Toronto and Edmonton. They're like, you know, McDavid and Matthews and this and that. But what we saw in Toronto is Edmonton has no depth and no skill. Like after the first period, they tried really hard and played well. And then Toronto just turned on the jets and absolutely sunk them in four minutes with just like wave after wave of like skill. Kumzi Wanye here. If you're going to be a dick because we're in phase
3: three of rebuild four, which in software nomenclature means we're 3.4.1, and one playoff year in 13 is not enough playoffs for you, fuck you. How does that sound? It sounds to me like you're a real bad Oilers fan, and you just need to trust the process and understand
5: it takes a generation to fix a team. The key is, if I was just more positive about the Oilers, the team would be better. That's what it all comes down to.
1: All I know is that Cam has been complaining a lot on Twitter, and I can't prove definitively that his complaints have not fallen directly into the dressing room, thus causing the players' hardships, upset tummies, and an inability to play chris thoughts
0: yeah i mean (laughs) Coon's being super negative but i mean i'm not i think but i mean it's also like kind of objective like the leafs just roasted us and and i don't watch the leafs a lot but like did they play really that bad in the first period like or did we play that good like i didn't think it was i thought we played solid and i'm just like embarrassed at why we couldn't Continue playing like that for two more periods.
5: The reason it's particularly agitating is because they're the team Edmonton could be if they had kept all their good players and Peter Chiarelli hadn't had just like pissed them away. That's the team the Oilers could be with, you know, Hall and Eberle and Matt Barzell.
1: I think that's, that's uh, one of my favorite parts about that game against Toronto is all the takes that came out of Toronto, like the MSM coming out afterward and being like, "What can the Oilers learn from the Leafs?" Well, listen, bro.
0: Well, we yeah we know
1: that. Don't just- trade away your fucking players. That's one. Two, don't hire Peter Chiarelli and let him stick around for four years. That's two. <laughs> three, shut up. We already know.
0: That's the thing about playing the Leafs is we know what we're getting into with their MSM and and, and their, their fans. fans. And their fans. And the Leafs are one of three teams I just can't stand losing to, the other two being the Ducks and Flames. And it's just like it grinds my gears just like losing to them and, and getting roasted by them so bad. It's just awful. I think, awful. It's I think people
4: feeling. just need to... Uh... Stop identifying with the Oilers. Stop stop making your day uh, re- revolve around the Oilers. It, it makes it a lot less painful when they get destroyed. Do not
1: listen to Dan. Go to OilersNation.com and start clicking around.
4: <laughs> yeah. Click oh, yeah. Click in read, all the sub-tabs. Read about the information.
1: Go find but, a sponsor you like. Click on their ads. But just, Maybe head on over to NationGear.ca. Buy an Oilers Nation T. Wear that everywhere you go. Get buried <laughs> in it. Get married in it. Don't listen to Dan is what I'm telling you right now.
4: It's a... Uh, it's one of those things. Coombs spitting some truth
1: here, and the truth is hurtful. Last night, second half of the back-to-back, the Oilers were in Ottawa. Ottawa, at the deadline or leading up to the deadline, traded their three best players. They were basically an AHL team versus uh, three-quarters of an AHL team.
0: <laughs> and we, we got outshot 37-25. to 25.
1: Well, that's what I want to ask. The Senators are so bad. And yes, the Oilers won, and that's what it all amounts to. However, it didn't look like they were always going to do so. What were you all thinking as you were watching the game against the Senators, seeing the Oilers struggle against the worst team in the NHL?
4: This isn't an official stat. I, I have to make sure somebody will check for me. But this is the fourth time this season that the Oilers played the last place team at the time that they were playing them. And this is the first time we've won a game in those situations. So, yeah, pretty good, pretty so, good. So we're improving, we're improving, we're improving, we're but getting I, better. But I agree Visually with what Bank is saying that yeah, it, it wasn't uh, overall not a great game. If it wasn't for that over or that high stick, uh, high stick call, that was pretty close. Here's obvious uh, high stick. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty close. Uh, if it wasn't for that, uh, we probably would have been going to overtime. At least, and probably in a shootout forever, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating to watch when this team should just be able to roll over a, a bad team like Ottawa. But hey, we got their head
3: coach fired. Outside of our top three, outside of Nuge, Leon, and Connor, our rosters are relatively similar. The, we have a bunch of guys, and they're actually faster. I'm sorry we we don't have a lot of fast guys. So if you have in this day and age with the NHL, if you've got fast guys, you can start whipping around our players. Actually, one of our better players was Luch last night. And I don't know where this is coming from, but he actually looked kind of deep. I mean, not 6 million dollars decent, but he has looked somewhat decent in the last little bit. And that's terrifying really. If Luch is bringing the heat behind the big 3, we have some definite asset management issues that we all know about. We can thank one person for it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, this is going to nothing's going to change until we get into into the summer where we can start bringing in some different blood, some new blood, some new type of players and a new philosophy because this big hockey just isn't going to do it anymore.
4: I can't believe you're ignoring the new answer. Sam Gagne in your list of great players. Yeah. On why didn't team, you
5: include know. Gagne as one of the good players on the team? What's going on here? he's on he's on pace for like a 50 goal season pretty much
3: if he can hold that up then hell yeah let's go with it <laughs> he's, got like, he's gonna be a fantastic okay maybe a really good third line fourth line player for us next year he's gonna bury but 20 goals next top year six, we're still in lots of fucking trouble
5: he, he is the team's fourth best forward right now we can all agree on that right he's playing on he's practicing on the fourth line today what is That's that he's he's already like fifth in the team in goals with three
0: yeah you're yeah you're right um some positives <laughs> of last night's game go ahead chris uh, Mika Koskinen's bounce bounce back game after a horrific Wednesday night. That finals.
1: last goal, I think it was against Nylander. Nylander the one that got him pulled against in Toronto was that's a midget. That's a midget fucking goal against. It, was a, yeah. it looked like a
0: goalie that didn't want to go down for the for the play. Unbelievable. Anyway, Chris, go ahead. Number two, we only took one. Our penalty penalty kill has been horrific, and we only took one penalty last night, which is awesome. And number three, uh, Colby Cave finally. Yes. Lost.
1: Let's Colby talk Cave. about Colby Cave because there is some news surrounding this player. Young Cameron Lewis made a bet you with... you just dox me on the podcast? I did.
0: That's Coom to
1: you. Young at Coom Lewis made a <laughs> bet <laughs> with friend of the nation, Sam Akerst via Twitter. Cam, please explain the bet.
5: So one day... I have no idea how this came up, but Colby Cave was claimed on waivers. Chatting about Colby Cave on Twitter, I was getting real excited. I was like, "Colby Cave could be the answer." And this uh, salmon, slammin, salmon, 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 <laughs> salmon, 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 salmon slides into my uh, mentions, and he says he would buy a Colby Cave jersey. So we came up with a little prop bet, which has kind of been my thing all year. Just like how you guys know, I got some some fun things planned for you at the end of the each draft. It's kind of one big giant prop bet. But anyways, I was was real fired up about prop bets. So I bet this guy, if Colby Cave scores a goal with the Oilers this season, you have to buy an authentic Colby Cave jersey. (laughs) And he said, absolutely. But if he doesn't score a goal for the Oilers this season, you have to buy a Peter Chiarelli Oilers jersey and wear it visibly to every single game you go to next season. So you would have had to buy the jersey had Colby Cave not scored. And I was going to get... My, my Chirelli jersey, I was ready. I was nervous. Colby thought he might not score a goal this year. I was going to get <laughs> Chirelli with a number one on the back for one for one trade. So last night, Colby Cave comes through in the clutch,
1: pops home a goal. Unmarked. Unmarked. He's just like sliding in there like a ghost he is. Sliding in there, scores past Anderson, gets the goal. Sam Akerst. Cam called him out immediately. I was
5: ready. I had that. I had the tweet saved in my notes on my phone. I was ready to rock. I was like, when Colby scores his goal, I'm posting this on the Twitter immediately. And to his
1: credit, Sam said last night he is going to follow through with his end and he's going
5: to get the Colby Cave jersey. And I can't wait to see it, to be honest. I think it's going to be a great unicorn to have as the proud owner of a Ladislav Schmid Oilers jersey. I think those are the best kind of jerseys you can have. Like, you go to an arena, everyone's got a McDavid jersey, everyone's got a Ryan Smith jersey, whatever. But when you're the kind of person rocking a Colby Cave jersey, that means you've been to hell and back with this franchise. Yeah,
1: like, real fans get obscure jerseys, you know? Like, every now and then, you cruise around, you see, like, a Samsonov or something walking (laughs) around, and you're like, wow, that guy's been seeing some shit. The Roman Hammerlick jersey,
4: that's a cool one. At that Islanders game, I saw the Doug
1: Glatt, Edmonton Oilers jersey, number 69. See, somebody went and got that. Why not? It's cool. Why not? Chris, if you're gonna get an obscure Oilers jersey, who would you pick? I'll start. I'd go ahead with Sean Van Allen. <laughs> you probably don't even remember Sean Van Allen, no, Chris.
0: I get would you call would you call uh Teddy Peckman obscure?
1: Oh that'd be a nice one. Teddy Peckman.
0: That's what I'd
1: go with. Oh, nice. Dan?
4: That's a good question. I'm I'm racking my brain here. I feel like a Marty Reasoner would
3: be a solid solid one, although a lot of people had his jersey back then. He was a popular popular player back then. He was a big part of us back then. I'm going with number 36, Dennis Bonvie. <laughs> I got a little story behind that that I'll tell you guys one day. But yeah, no, uh, I'm a big fan of Dennis Bonvie. I think if if my Schmeid jersey wasn't random enough, I
5: would go get a late 90s Jim Dowd jersey. Oh, that'd be nice too. That'd be really nice.
1: You know I, what?
4: I would do Sean Brown. Sean Brown, big Sean Brown guy.
1: Or, like, uh, my backup, I said Sean Van Allen would be my go to. I think a Mats Lindgren would also be nice.
5: Oh, yeah. That'd be really, really nice now. Maybe a Bernie Nichols. I, I would going like going also another bit. cool one to get would be a good player who played here randomly, like Adam Oates. Yeah, uh, sure. Or Peter Nedved. Yeah, but like the second time. Yeah, Peter or Nedved. Slap <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Sikora, Peter would be Sikora great. Be goal, Rick man, said
1: by yeah. me. There's a lot of great yeah. options. Maybe a Freddie Brathwaite, Chris, for the Goalie Guild.
0: Sure.
5: Mike Morrison, shootout specialist. Uh, Jacques Plant. How about a How about a, a Jim Corsi jersey? It just says Corsi on the back. Yeah, he, he played here. You know, what he be did. kind of a
4: cool jersey to have is a Thomas Vanek Oilers jersey.
1: Uh, from the of course from the offer sheet that would have cost us Taylor Hall and a whole bunch <laughs> of shit. Thank you Buffalo for not letting that one go through. As uh, somebody mentioned earlier, last night the Oilers beat the Senators and the Sens came out this morning and fired Guy Boucher. Now he can get back to his uh, dream and his passion of being a Russian extra in a World War II film.
5: He looks like one of the just like random bad guys in like GoldenEye. Exactly. That just pops up. 100%. He could be any villain in a James Bond movie. Anyone. Is it also like incredibly damning that they chose to fire him after a loss to the Oilers? Well,
1: that's what I love. That I love that losing to the Oilers now is a fireable offense. Like, <laughs> Peter, how bad have things gotten? So, Pierre the, Dorian said Pierre this morning, uh, this is from Frank Saravalli, Pierre Dorian said this morning he met with the Sens players. I told him that our play recently was not acceptable. He said he told them there is no more excuses. Now, where I sit, I can't help but think that trading away your three best players is kind of an excuse. I mean, I don't want to come up with excuses for the Sens. I'm not a Sens guy. Could be, but I'm not. Maybe get myself a Yashin jersey, Chris. However, maybe you get yourself a PyRV jersey. You know what? I was thinking about Magus PyRV last night, and I was at a preseason game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he came out and scored a hat trick. And I thought, holy hell!
5: I wagered with my friend that he was going to be the best of those three. It, Boy, was I wrong. In 2007, I so vividly remember this. I have a, a hockey news magazine draft previous 2007, and it's you usually talk about like the 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 draft that year, but they were looking way far ahead because this was uh, right after Tavares' um, age 15 season. And they were like, 2009 draft. Who do you want, John Tavares or Magnus Payarvi? <laughs> yeah, he was still a uh, Payarvi Svensson at the time. Svensen Svensson.
1: MPS. I mean, it's, it's been interesting to see his career. He's grinded out kind of a bottom six role. He's got eight goals again this year. I think he's that's kind of been his total for the last few years after scoring, I think, off the top of my head, 15 in his rookie season as an Oiler.
5: He's never come close to touching that. No,
1: and it's it's just been interesting to see that um how he's gone. And actually, you know what? The Oilers, he was one of the few players that the Oilers, I believe it was Mac T at the time, traded at a good spot. Yeah, for Perron. They moved him in a second round pick for David Perron. David Perron came and had a career best 28 goals the following season. Everybody's like,
5: holy hell, we want to trade. And then they got they traded Perron to Pittsburgh and they got a mid-first round pick that they used on Griffin Reinhardt.
1: Yeah, <sighs> Cam, you're just a bearer good news aren't you so I want to know what you guys think about um, Pierre Dorian saying that the Sens have no excuse and that their play was not acceptable given well, the fact that they traded their best players
0: Brent, Is- oh sorry just quickly um, so like four games ago for the Senators they traded Matt to and then they lost uh, the next two games obviously trade deadline happens they trade Mark Stone and then they lose the next two games after that I don't know what else you expect from this team they have nothing left <laughs> Brent, like they shouldn't win it. They shouldn't win a game for the rest of the
4: season. Brent Wallace just tweeted out uh, a quote from Dior Dorian this morning that says, "We are fielding a team that can win games." Okay, and that then is, Craig that Button responded. Yeah. Craig Button responded with, "Just not in the NHL."
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Buttons drops the mic. <laughs> buttons drops the mic. Okay, what is it with management of poor teams saying that they're really going for it or whatever? Is it just trying to create positivity around a team that doesn't really deserve it? What do you think that is? That is selling tickets.
0: But is it like people should be able to see right through that?
3: Yes. In most cases, I think what the, what the Rangers did last year, or it was two years ago, when I, they brought out their little note, they sent a letter to everybody, said, hey, listen, guys, we screwed up for the last little bit. I'm sorry. Please don't hate us. What we're, This is what we're going to do. We're going to start fresh, blah, 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 blah. Everybody thought that was fantastic. I think you can do that in, in a market like that, like New York. I think you can, right now, you can do that in Ottawa. But you cannot, you cannot do that here. I know a lot of people want they well, us to do what the Rangers did. You can't get away with doing that here. There's no way they can. First of all, they wouldn't do it. Their egos are all way too large. And two, you can't just admit that. So you got to sit there, take your punches, and hope that you're going to one punch somebody and get back in the fight. I disagree, though, because they
0: haven't been doing it over the last 14 years, and look where look where. What? Oh yeah, and like, okay. In the last five years, they haven't done it. Um, and look at the relationship between the fans and management right now. Imagine if they did do that. Like, I think they should try it. See what happens. The
4: Senators' official news release said Mark Crawford named interim head coach of rebuilding Ottawa Senators. Like, they're throwing in the word "rebuilding" as a part of their name now. Yeah, with
5: us, like with us, we never got. Oh man, like we mismanaged. Instead, we got stuff like, oh, I know something about winning and. Oh, you're we are two tier- tiers of fans. Yeah, you're a tier two fan. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, come on. Like, yeah. I've, 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 <laughs> I've legitimately seen more blame put on the fans for the Oilers being absolute ass than the management. Well, first you, first you
1: blame the coaches, right? You fire the coaches. When that doesn't work, you got to blame somebody. You can't blame the management. You're not gonna point a finger at yourself. So you got to blame, blame the, the fans. fans. You gotta blame the fans, right? right? It's reasonable, gentlemen. I want to go ahead and uh, announce a monumental moment in the podcast as we welcome Pog, air purifier, as a third sponsor to Oilers Nation Radio. If you don't know, Pog is an air purifier that sends out ozone, and it will de-stinkify your entire life. All the boys at the table here, we all have one. We are all using them in our homes. My house stinks like Frank. He's adorable as all fuck. However, he smells. He smells like Doritos, in fact. it's weird. I don't know why he smells like Doritos. But he does, and I don't like it when it's on my couch. Thankfully, Pog is here to help. Go to thepogstore.com. You can see about it for yourself. It's going to get rid of, it's going to de-stinkify your sports equipment. It's going to get rid of airborne viruses, pet odors, smoke, kitchen odors, outdoor activities. Make sure your tent is smelling fresh, Chris.
0: Yeah. I use mine for my hockey equipment. And that is some of
1: the
4: stinkiest equipment I've ever You've never smelt it before. Yes, I have. I was in a car with you filming
0: a video in your full oh, gold. Yeah. We also
1: yeah. went to your apartment.
0: Yeah.
4: And I thought I was gonna
0: die. So it's safe to say that I really needed the pog. And I just uh, set it up in my little my little closet, my apartment, turn it on with your cooking equipment and your waffle. On oh it. yeah, I got everything in that in that closet.
1: Yes, destinify them gloves, man.
0: Exactly. I'm How's cre- it working? Great. I'm creating a, a a video um, tribute to the POG <laughs> that I'll be releasing soon. We'll all be releasing one soon. You sound too excited about this video. Yeah, I'm, f- I'm stoked for it. Should be.
1: Yep. Dan, where are you using your POG? Uh,
4: my stinky feet. My <laughs> shoes are uh, are quite raunchy during the winter when they get uh, they get wet, and the POG just tuck them in a in a bag with the uh, the mobile unit that they have, and oh boy, does that fix it
1: cam i know you have uh issues with your car smelling like your equipment you also play many a sport yes it going in
5: your vehicle i put it in my vehicle because i am a player of the ice hockey and a player of the ball hockey that's two different kinds of hockey and one pair of gloves no field hockey though huh no no field hockey no baseball no also uh underwater hockey either That's not a thing for me that should be a thing it is a thing it's not a thing for me is it I can't thing? hold my breath for that long. It is a thing. Mm. People uh That'd be you, hard. you got like a little puck at the bottom and you go and you go underwater and you're trying to do the that's yeah. too much. Yeah. It's mini sticks underwater. It's that's... really it sounds it honestly sounds like something that would happen in a nightmare. <laughs> like you're playing hockey and all of a sudden you can't breathe and you wake up and you're like, <laughs> like one of those kind of things.
1: Breathe new life into your equipment or at least let people breathe when they are around you. Use the pog to clean the H E double hockey sticks out of your gear. The pog isn't just for hockey gear though, you can use it anywhere in your home or vehicle. If you don't need it, guarantee you know somebody who does. Go check out thepogstore.com. Check it out. You're going to want one because it's going to make your whole life smell better. Now, this week, just yesterday, in fact, Jason Greger on OilersNation.com broke the news that Yessa Puliarvi will be missing the rest of the season with because he's got to get a hip surgery. He's got a little bit of an issue that needs to be corrected given the, where the Oilers are at right now. It uh, makes a whole lot of sense to get this done now. Just move on. Hold on. He's 20 years old. Why does he need hip surgery? Oh, boy. So what Dan's talking about is <laughs> yesterday, Jim Matheson tweeted, how does a 20-year-old skater need hip surgery? You'd think that was a goalie there, whatever he says. I'm paraphrasing. The responses to that tweet. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. They it. were magic.
4: Does Jim do that just to just to get the
1: responses? I don't know because he was like in the mix, like replying to people that were getting back to him because part of me thinks it's just like I like I like to do that sometimes where I'll just throw a grenade and I just like back away. I'd be like, see you later. But I don't know. I don't know. However, back to Jesse. What do you guys think about this injury? To me, I think the whole weird thing is just how the news came out. He was in a warm up against the Islanders a couple of weeks ago. He came out as a healthy scratch and then he was injured and then he was supposed to go down to Bakersfield. And then he needed a second opinion because he needed to get surgery, but then he maybe didn't need to get surgery. Now he does need surgery and he's off to New York to get this done. And he is done for the year. Chris, what are your thoughts on Yessa Pouliard?
0: Well, for the longest time, like he's not having a successful season in the back of your mind, you always kind of think like, what if, what if there's something, what if there's something? And, uh, Obviously, you don't want to use it as an excuse. Uh, But now I'm kind of like, you're almost relieved that it's like, all right, well, I mean, if it was hurting him for a while while he was skating, like, I wonder what he's going to do next year when he's 100%. And I'm excited for next year. And I'm glad that the issue is being resolved. And I look forward to what he uh, can be like afterwards. The 30 for 30 that they do about how
4: the Oilers, (laughs) excuse me, how the Oilers handled Jesse Mm Pugliarvi's career is going to be epic. And this is just another brick in that wall. Uh, you know Dusty mentioned that that he 's been complaining about about issues coming into the season and and had been mentioning it to people that he was having he was dealing with some weird pain and uh you know here we are just just sixty games later, and then they finally go to get him to get a second opinion
3: well it 's definitely been bugging him all year, and uh, I know it's what it 's really done is um affected how much he can battle. So he's been getting knocked off the puck a little bit easier than he normally would be able to. He just doesn't have that ability to explode through the right side of his body. That creates too much, uh, too much pain for him to, to to be able to fight anybody off. That's really that's going to affect a lot of things. You know, he's been staying on the outside a lot. Everyone said, "Oh, he's you know he's playing on the perimeter. He can't get inside." Well, guess what? If you don't have that ability to be able to push in through these some of these defensemen, that's gonna it's it's gonna keep you on the outside uh, again in, along the boards. He's got some days where he can toss a guy off, and there's some days where he's getting knocked over. Same thing. If he's not able to, you know, drop his ass a little bit towards the ground and lower his center of gravity to be able to battle guys properly, because he is so damn big, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna affect his game. So he's gonna go down there. He, I think, surgery's on Monday. He'll spend a couple of weeks down there, uh, just recouping. It's gonna be a while. You know, he's not gonna be able to walk right away. I think he comes back here for a little while and then, you know, obviously gets the off season and it's time to start training. They got a deal on his contract this year. Uh, we're going to get to a point next year though, where I'm fairly confident we don't move him. I think we're going to need a guy who's going to be somewhat cheap and he's going to be somewhat cheap. His career really hasn't taken off the way he wants to yet. So he's going to sign a one or two year deal. I'm guessing at a relatively small, small number. Well, small for a hockey player I'd take that contract in a second um so it's going to be actually going to work really well for us because next year he'll be able to get into that top six he's going to be confident he's going to be strong he's going to be able to take that next step in his career and i know everyone's been up and down like on him he smiles that big that means he frowns that big like he's a very emotional guy that right was here. deep. That was I was very deep i, I no, told one consider- the other day Told me I had to get it in here, so I had to try to figure out how to get it in. <laughs> Anyways, when he hits, when he gets to the point where he can uh, be smiling again and be and just be excited and be happy to be at the rink and want to play and be able to do what he wants to be able to do on the ice, you're gonna see a whole different version of him.
4: Yeah, it's uh, yeah.
0: I think I think he did buy himself another another year here, at least another year, um, because like the fact that he was playing injured. Um, I don't think. I think he deserves another chance, and the others will give him one.
1: Well, and also there's the idea, too, that he's going to have a new coach again next year. That's a fresh start. <laughs> yep. New GM, another fresh start. you got to think that the new GM would want to at least have a look at a healthy Jesse Pugliarvi before deciding to pull the trigger on a trade that moves a kid like that out.
0: And you, you almost feel bad for him. Like I imagine he, uh, there was a tweet, I think Dustin Nielsen sent it out, that he's been complaining about that his legs are, aren't feeling well. But like. We yeah, they'd be off sometimes. Like, imagine just the language barrier. Like, what if this was much more serious than we thought a month ago, but there was some kind of language barrier between him and, this, and the trainers that they, they just didn't really look too much into it. They were like,
4: hey, Jesse, how's your game going? He's like, my hip. And then they were like, oh, that's, <laughs> yes, we, we really are sad about the tragedy he's in the, as well.
5: He's just in the dressing room yelling hip, 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 and then they throw on hips don't lie by Shakira. Yeah, I was going to say hips don't lie by Shakira. That's the jam.
1: Um, it's one of those things I think that it's, I'm going to give the organization the benefit of the doubt. I don't think a lot of people do. And I understand why, because they're bad and blah, blah, blah. We all know that. I bet surgery that getting it, getting it to this point was a last resort. They tried to do the rehab. They tried to do all those non-invasive kind of options before getting here. And then with the season being where it's at, well, why not just shut them down? Get it done. Plenty of time before next season starts. He can get back. Get those legs under you, my friend, because they need them. I just think about how how he was flying around in the preseason. I know it's different, of course it is, but like he looked a lot more powerful on his skates. And it starts to make a little bit more sense when he's gotta get hip surgery to correct it as to where that speed kind
5: of went. Anybody? Yes? yes. Thank you. Yes. See, I think I think I think we've already watched play his last game as an Oiler, and I think they're going to pull the trigger on a deal in the offseason for kind of another reclamation project. Like we saw when Dylan Strom got traded away from Arizona and they got back Nick Schmaltz. I think we're going to see that kind of trade. There's got to be another you know, struggling winger, struggling defenseman out there. I think that the fact that Pugliari was injured this year helps raise his value in a trade because they're like, oh, there's a reason he had like four points this season he's injured. He's still really good. And then maybe they can maybe they can use that to Well, and there's up also the, value in a trade.
1: There's also the angle that Larry Brooks uh, said at the deadline day, saying if RV or if they're going to get rid of a guy like Lucic, they're going to have to add yeah. in a RV or something to sweeten that deal. So maybe that's what they do. Maybe they. Pull the trigger on a Puliyarvi trade just to rid themselves of Milan Lucic and that's the only way to get it done because you can't have him on the team for another four years making six million bucks and he's on pace to get fourteen points less than he got last so year. So
5: if you have to use Pugliarvi to get rid of Lucic, it makes that hole. You have to view it for you have to view it as Hall for Lucic, Larson <laughs> and Puliyarvi A lot more dizzying, doesn't it? Would yeah, you I mean yeah, of course.
0: I guess it depends on the return. Would you would you make that deal? Like package them, trade trade throw add in Puliyarvi just to rid the Lucic contract.
3: I think it'd be I'd be tough to pull that trigger. Uh, if I was the guy coming in here, um, when's Seattle coming in? Not next season, but season Season after. after, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so technically, you could have one more year of Lucic and then be able to buy him out, right? That's where you get the free buyout when the team Uh, comes in.
5: It's a speculation if there's a lockout in twenty twenty one. Which I imagine there's going to be, then we might get compliance buyouts again.
3: Yeah, so but you we should, could get, just a, win we should get a compliance buyout for the um, expansion. No,
5: no, just to, just for the lockout. Because what might happen is the salary cap might go down again, like what happened in what was it 2013. So teams might get compliance buyouts again, but it it won't be expansion related.
3: Well, then I, you know, honestly, I don't think you're going to have to uh, include a Pulley RV to move Lucic. I think you can move Lucic come this summer and maybe one more summer after that, you may have to take eat a million dollars off his contract, or you may just get a bad contract back. Like, I mean, I, r- right now, I'd be going to LA and go, let's flip uh, Lucic for Kobolchuk right now. And you know what? I'll still eat a million dollars off that because Luch has two more years left. There's other options out there than having to package in a guy with the potential, still, of yesapuliarvi that you don't have to do that right now. I think that would be... That'd be just a, a dumb move. It, it wouldn't be a smart move just to try and move a guy like Lucic. Lucic is fine on the fourth line. The only thing that's getting in his issue is his pay. If we can get some of the other issues out for dollar-wise, we're going to have a lot of cheaper guys coming in right away, coming off, the, off Bakersfield. You can sit there on the Lucic contract for another year or two. The cap goes up again. It's going to go up the year after that, too. There's... It's not gonna be as bad. Like I know he's not great, but if you can put him on the fourth line, he hasn't looked horrible with, with uh with with uh Curry and whoever he's got out there right now. Colby Cave. Yeah. So I think you sit there and you try and eat Lucic for one more year or you try and move him in a different deal. You do not, you do not package up an unknown prospect in Pugliarvi because he could still come back and bite you.
5: I think we also saw like like I mentioned with the, the Dylan Strome thing, it's another example not to trade Pugliarvi because since Strome ended up in Chicago, he's hey, been he's, a point per game player.
1: He's been he's actually he's been very effective in Chicago. Real good. It's interesting how just a change of venue completely changed that guy's career outlook around. Uh and I would rather not see that with Jesse Pugliarvi. I'd rather not see him end up as a fucking Carolina hurricane or something. And he's just like ripping it up.
4: A counterpoint to that, though, would be the Duclair fiasco or saga that's been going on where he got traded away from Arizona and then he went to Columbus and he failed there. And now he's in Ottawa and it's his fifth team. And coaches are telling me he doesn't even know how to play. Yakupov? Yeah.
1: How dare you? Yak's got 20 plus goals in the KHL this year. He's having a fine time. Bring hard. back Yak. I want to go ahead and thank all three of our sponsors, Sherwood Ford, Get Sauced, and Pog for making this all possible. Boys, I want to end off this week's podcast. We got another segment here to do by looking at what happened in New York last night. John Tavares made his return to the island. Uh, It was a much-hyped return, obviously. Um, We've seen it here when Taylor Hall came back. Obviously, there was Gretzky, if you go back further in that. I want to get your take on how Islanders fans reacted. I want to get your take on the videos that were made pre-game. I just with the whole, the whole experience. And Chris, I want to start with you. I know I saw you on Twitter last night. You said it was a little bit embarrassing or something like that. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I, I was saying on Twitter last night that if I'm an Islanders fan, I'd be embarrassed to be part of that, that fan base. Um, I, admittedly i did enjoy the chance like i do like the chance and the some of the creative ones they came out with in the third period were were great um personal favorite it's past your bedtime um really like that one but uh but all the other stuff like outside of the game throwing snakes on the ice throwing a jersey at him uh lighting jerseys on fire making that embarrassing stupid video beforehand uh driving over jerseys like that's embarrassing. Like that. Like I think they would show a little bit more respect to their former captain. Um, he's a he's a grown adult, and he uh, did what he uh, needed to do to like get paid and win a cup. And how can you blame him for wanting to go back to Toronto? So I think some of the Islander players even came out and spoke out against that news organization that put
4: together that over the top video. God, that was bad. Um, And I agree with you that throwing your Jersey and throwing fake snakes on the ice while the players are playing the game is, is just dangerous. Um, But, but I, I love the atmosphere. I loved how it fired up the Islanders players and they, they, it, it felt like a playoff game. And I mean, it will be a playoff game probably at some point. Um, but yeah, it just it was it was cool to see cool to see a fan base that I think as much as a right that John Tavares has to to leave New York, the fan base has just as much of a right to boo him and and cheer against him and and chant against him and all that. I just don't think that throwing the stuff at
0: him is okay. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a line that they should stay on. But every fan
4: base has its idiots. We have we have people that have thrown jerseys on the ice too, and it's and it just you know it's it it doesn't make the entire fan base embarrassed it just it you know you just you but we all shit on the guy. guy that
5: threw the jersey on the ice a few weeks ago as yeah, we, yeah. we all said
4: like donate that thing to charity grow the fuck up 100 percent. and and like but i'm not embarrassed to be an oilers fan now because that guy threw it. no i just charity. think that guy's a big time dumbass. exactly so so i yeah i think I, I i thought it was great the the chants were were so so
3: original and and uh and thematic it was good I don't know. Yeah, like everything that happened inside the ra- inside the rink was phenomenal. Outside of it was absolutely ridiculous. Get over it. You guys are sitting there crying, and honestly, I couldn't even wrap my head around. I thought that was stu- that was stu- had to-, to be some of it had to be fake. Somebody had to like try and get to do it to just get in his head or something stupid. However, inside the rink, that's fantastic. I grew up. Like I remember the late '90s. There would be a seven o'clock game. And they'd open up Rexall at five o'clock and Dallas would be skating around and you'd have 14,000 people in there already chatting Belfort. Those are so, those are incredible moments in 06. And I the only thing I didn't like about inside the arena was the asshole chant. Like I, I, kinda, I find it funny, but you've got kids there and you really shouldn't do that. But I can't say anything because in 06, we did have like the <laughs> Let's Go Oilers, fuck you, Chichu. <laughs> so I, I understand where I, I really can't. Uh, obviously, I've grown up a lot in those 13 years. Therefore, that's why I can say this now. But yeah, no, inside the arena. Honestly, I, I think we should do it every game. Find one person on that team and you ride them all game long. It keeps the fans involved. It makes it a fun to go to. Your team wins or loses now. It means even a little bit less because you went there. You had fun. It's like English soccer. They sit there. They can be. 20 out of 20, uh, 20 teams know you're going to lose and those guys are standing up they're lighting shit on fire they're chanting the whole damn time because that's just what you do
0: yeah i think i I enjoy the chance what do you guys think of them booing him throughout the entire two minute tribute video you, i, I think, thought that was
3: hilarious
5: it's funny, I, oh, it's <sighs> everything's so funny. Just, they, everything that happened in the stadium is fine it's just The Islanders have to have some amount of self-awareness here, man. Come on. Like, look, if you're a New York Islanders fan, look at that franchise. It's so bad. Why would you want to play there? Like, the number one indication for me, someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but it was like, I didn't know where the Islanders were playing last night. Was it at Nassau or was it at Barclays? That's probably a key reason why Tavares didn't want to sign there. Like, Like, the franchise is in fucking shambles. Garth Snow is their GM. Like, look at all the moves he did. Like... They did a worse job surrounding that guy with talent than Torelli did surrounding McDavid with talent. They're they're so bad.
0: You're you're right, but they're currently sitting on top of the Metro. Yeah, division and right a
5: now. lot of that has to do with Tavares leaving and the Trots coming in and the team getting fired yeah. up and like, but but still, like, man, he gave you your only playoff series win in the nine years that he was there. He signed that stupidly team friendly deal. Your GM couldn't accomplish anything. I'm like, I'm pro player. Players deserve he. He worked for nine years to get grant the free agency to play for his childhood team. Like, let him do his thing.
0: Uh, The one thing I loved about last night uh, is how the Islanders just pumped the Leafs. And if there's one way to get back at a player you hate, it's to crush them and then chant, "We don't need you."
4: I think if if the the Leafs have learned one thing it is that they wasted all their offense on the Oilers and the team shouldn't do that.
5: Yeah, that's a funny one. So the Leafs fans are all in line against the Oilers talking about how the Oilers aren't a real NHL team. And then suddenly 24 hours later, it's not fight that they're playing the second night of a back to back. It's a very and convenient, it, torched, it. very convenient shift.
1: Like all I could think about was to me, I love it. It's like, it's, it's, what sports is all about it's about getting fired up and yeah the like don't chant asshole because rick was right there are kids in the building and they don't need to hear it they'll hear enough of it at school from each other like the, but like the ones like we don't need you where's your jammies it's your bedtime like that's great stuff and the fact that they are all in on it and you could just hear it raining down was that's fantastic during the tribute video, John Tavares comes out and does a little lap and claps. And, like, the booze were just roaring down. And I just thought it was so funny. Like, I, I have a hard time criticizing Islanders fans when I'm part of a fan base that burned Chris Pronger's furniture. Like, let's not pretend like it doesn't happen anywhere or, or like... I saw some last night, some Vancouver fans being like, that's embarrassing. Well, listen, you guys burned your fucking city down twice. Because you
4: lost game you seven lost. of the let's Finals. Like,
1: let's, let's pump the brakes here. I saw a lot of people pointing fingers, and all I could think about was that Spider-Man meme where it's like pointing back at each other. Like, all right. Everybody gets a little bit out of hand.
5: Speaking of pointing fingers... I do not want to see any of these New York Islanders fans who also happen to be New York Yankees fans ever get excited about a free agent signing ever again.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Why?
5: Well, I mean, they're mad that they lost their star guy and the Yankees routinely pillage star players from other teams. And That's, Of course, it's fine. It's part of the game. They have, I think every Islanders fan is a Mets fan. Nobody is a Mets fan. <laughs> There's no such thing as a New York Mets fan. That's not the, the the stadium is empty. It's like that team exists as a simulation. It's not even real. the 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 hypocrisy of these new york sports fans is unfathomable to me but sure i mean you bought your ticket boo as much as you want but like i hope that the islanders now hand out diapers at games because their fans are all covered in piss (laughs) okay well i don't know where you go from there so i will go
1: ahead and (laughs) catch us all up on the Lucic gold draft because i had an idea i had an idea for a side bet i'm sick of this draft that's because you are eliminated. You basically have no games left. I'm looking at it. Chris has uh, two games left. You've got Buffalo on Monday, and then you've got Vegas on April 1st. And then you're done, my friend. You're
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about really adding nice. in
1: the side window kit where we throw in a one goal counts for two oh.
5: for Tobias reader. Come on. Thoughts. Oh. And we're, we're adding it. We're, we're doing a new draft. We, or do we keep our remaining games? No, we would keep
1: the remaining yeah. games for Lucic, but then we redraft the remaining ones for Tobias, Reader. right? So
5: I could have Lucic, you could have Lucic one night, and I have him Reader the same night, exactly. So you get a Lucic goal, and then Reader buries one, and I double double, well, here, double you exactly. how up.
4: About, how about here we go? No, no, I how about how about this for for every game that we have Reader, or yeah, every game that we have Lucic, Kuhn gets Reader. And then that way, the three of us pool our goal together, goals Everybody together. Because I yeah, feel like we get reader. You guys, on your if you guys
5: are coming together to go up against me, I need some kind of advantage. Well, that's
4: the advantage right there. You get reader three times as many times. So as So, like you I've get
5: got as an example for Dan's
1: idea, I've got six games left. Right. So that would be six reader games for you. If there you we're go. pooling, Rick, myself, and Dan, and not
4: Chris, because not Chris either. is obviously the not devil. Chris,
1: of course. <laughs> Chris is getting that tattoo, man. It's game over. So, Cam, you have one, two, three, four games left. So, that would be four reader games in our pool. Okay. For Full your f- marks
4: to ba- bag milk for coming up with this one. For like
1: your it. four remaining games, we would have a reader goal in our pool. And then, our remaining games, where we have a lot, Dan and I have a lot of games. Yep. Rick's sprinkled in here with a single. <laughs> Where we have our Luchich games picked and then you could potentially get reader goals added on to your 3-1 total. Chris is just sitting in the sidelines so, by yeah, himself.
4: Okay. <laughs> so I'm not in this you're one. You're good with it. this? You're good with this, Kuma as a Wendicket.
1: Uh, How many reader games do I get? Well, like, you would get a lot because there's... I get a lot. The, and you guys only get four? The bulk of them. Yeah, we would only get four reader games because you've only got four Luchich games left in your original. And I
5: still, I still get to pick like a really crazy fucked up thing for you guys to do if I win it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like we still the 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 rest of the bet maintains itself. We are just adding in another layer because there's not a whole lot of offense going on in this gold draft right now.
0: So you guys are counting
1: on Cheech scoring. Yep. Yes, the three of us: Dan, Rick, and I.
4: Not not Chris. Just one no more Chris. time, just to
1: repeat: Dan, myself, and Rick—the yeah. No Chris no Club.
4: No Chris is going. Wild.
1: Together in a windikit against Coom. However, our games would offer Cam a reader pick. Cam has four luchich games left, which would be four reader games for our
5: threesome windikit. Chris excluded. Okay. This is not complicated at all. This is this is fine. All right, Show, sure, Yeah, I can do that. I'll all add right. A bit of, I'll add a little bit go. of spice. We got a windikit. Nicely done. I'm Wayne not Duck. scared.
1: We've got a kit here, gentlemen, and I feel good about this, boys. We've got a lot of Luchich games coming up. We're going to have four reader games in there. Oh. We've got one goal from Dan. Yep. Nope. We just need something from Rick and I. <laughs> right? Oh. We've got something going here, boys. What a day. we got
4: a lot of things done today.
1: we got a lot done today. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. I want to thank Get Sauce. And I want to thank Pog for coming on as our third sponsor, making this all happen. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend. Please subscribe. Please rate us on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcast information. Jared, who playing? With Damien LaGrange.
5: Good man from Red Deer. Shout Shout out out Damien. Best wishes.